0: This podcast is intended for mature audiences and could be triggering to some. Please use discretion while listening. Rachel, I want to apologize to you. First, for the time it has taken for me to address this, and secondly, for the issue needing any address at all. You are Kayla's best friend and a big part of the support system she needs and depends on to negotiate the struggles and challenges of her life. And an infraction against her is undoubtedly a pain felt by you. For this pain I have caused you, I am immeasurably and sincerely sorry. Moreover, it is with great regret and humility that I must apologize for my role in the poor choices lack of communication, and unfortunate circumstances that led to the breakdown in trust and confidence in the relationship between Kayla and I over the last couple of months. And while I cannot and will not condone the actions taken in response to this breakdown in communication between Kayla and I, I was ultimately wrong for the way I handled the situation in almost every fashion leading up to that moment. I could have and should have done better. It was not my finest moment. I have only ever wanted the absolute best for Kayla, and I have worked relentlessly to create a wonderful life for her. I will learn from the mistakes made over this time, the decisions made in error, and the people hurt by those mistakes while continuing to build a very happy and abundant life for us together, of which I hope you will continue to support and be an integral part of in almost every way. Sincerely, Mr. Wannabe. I'm Rachel Metacroft, and this is It Doesn't End Here. I woke up to this email one morning from Mr. Wannabe, and I was very surprised to get this email. He had never once made an effort with me in the three years that he and Kayla had been together. You know, I didn't even have his phone number, like to be able to call or text him in case of an emergency or if I couldn't get a hold of Kayla, you know, that's just not the relationship that we had. And that was always a really big red flag to me as well, that he didn't care to get close to the people that Kayla was close to. And I read this email a lot and I started to kind of dissect it a bit. And I don't like how he, well, I don't like the whole email, but I really don't like how he framed it as, you know, saying that I'm somebody that Kayla depends on for, you know, the struggles and challenges of her life. Okay, well, for the first 17 years before you were in the picture, she didn't have these struggles and challenges. I mean, she did, but they were different challenges not the situation she's in now and i also just didn't like the fake apology how he just kind of ended the email with saying how he's made he's worked relentlessly to create a wonderful life for kayla i'm so sorry (laughs) have did he not live the same story that we've all been listening to i mean how can you possibly say that you've done that? You lived in a shack. You've lived in a hotel. You've been lying and cheating your way to investors. I mean, ugh, we don't even have to get into it. We all know this is some bullshit right here. So ultimately, I was not going to miss the opportunity to respond to this email. I wanted to make sure that I took the time to know what I wanted to say There was no rush to respond. He had emailed me this six weeks after Kayla had gone to jail and then gone back to him. So I decided to just take my time and to let the words and everything come to me naturally. I really like to mull things over and let the thoughts marinate. One morning, I just woke up and I had my coffee and. It was time. I had all the words, and I knew exactly what I wanted to say. Mr. Wannabe First off, I'd like to say thank you for your letter. I'm a little confused as to why you felt the need to write it. You've never made an effort with me before. I can appreciate the tone and message of where you're coming from, I understand why you want to move forward and forget what happened in January. Just a recap, so we're on the same page. Emotional abuse, physical abuse, cheating, sending Kayla to jail, and pressing charges all in one evening. These actions were then followed by six days of harassment and manipulation. To say that this was not my finest moment is a serious understatement. Let's not talk about Kay for a second, and let's focus on you. The Mr. Wannabe, devious, manipulative, power-hungry, abusive. Tell me, Mr. Wannabe, what steps have you taken to correct your behavior? Are you in therapy weekly or perhaps an anger management course? I've known men like you my whole life, men that desire to be known. You want everyone to think you're important, that you stand out from the crowd. The truth of the matter is that it's all an illusion an illusion you're struggling to keep. I understand your embarrassment when Kayla's family and friends got to see the real you, a narcissistic sociopath. You've worked hard to conceal this part of you. You don't like that it's now out in the world for people to openly discuss. Flat out, Kayla is too good for you. You have manipulated her from day one with promises of a better future. Luckily for you, Kayla is supportive and loyal of the one she loves. When she's in love, she's willing to overlook wrong behavior and forgive quickly. You gave her a glimpse into a life she wanted, but you didn't tell her that it came at a cost. Her career, independence, and abuse of all kinds. I will continue to support Kayla in every way possible. I promise you, I'm not going anywhere. We will see if the things you've promised come into fruition. Your actions speak louder than your words. Regards, Rachel
1: holy shit <laughs> that is so fucking good <laughs> oh my god you called that out so perfectly i mean but like quick quicker than i could realize it. you're like this is what's happening
0: oh <gasps> that is so freaking good I was so scared that you were going to be so mad at me. I was scared that I was going to cause more problems for you. I thought, (laughs) God, what if he attacks her? What if he beats her up? What if, you know, but at the same time, I had to draw a a hard line that nobody was going to cross, not you, not him. And I had to, this was my (sighs) message to you saying, no, Kayla, I don't accept this. This is not, this is not appropriate. And I love you and I'm here, but you now know that I do not support this. And so does he. Right. And that honestly, that
1: helped me so much. Like, holy shit. This is. It did? Yeah.
0: Oh, thank God. Okay. So we've never, (laughs)
1: we've never talked about this. Like what? I don't want to choose him over you. Like I can't be with someone. That's what my best friend feels like towards
0: I know, but I just was so scared that you were going to be upset or I didn't know what you were going to think. Like if once you read that, I didn't know what the hell you were going to think or what was going to happen.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there was no way I was going to be like, oh, she's wrong. (laughs) Like, you know me better than anyone. And you're like, like I said, you're just no bullshit. So yeah, that was just like another like, all right, another like mark on my paper, like more validation that... This is, horrible. this is wrong. So, what did he say about it? Did he talk to you about that email? Oh yeah. Well, he said the only thing that was said. This is what this is what happened. So, okay, I woke up and I had read that because you CC'd me on it.
0: I did. Yeah. I put as the subject of the email. I put I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like a bad bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I woke up and that is the first thing I read because obviously you're so much, you're the time zone. And I was like, damn. So I bought up, I went upstairs, I had my coffee, I was doing my normal day. And I was just waiting for him to like come up in a rage or something, come up upstairs. Like, but he walked up and I could tell that he was curious how I was going to be acting. Like I could tell, cause I was like, good morning. And I was just kind of being nice. And he was like, good morning. Like kind of confused, you know, of like, oh, like, does she know how she read the email? So I could tell his energy was so off. Like I could tell he was scared that like I had seen the email. And so we kind of just were doing our normal routine, having coffee. I was doing my self-care stuff and then kind of just one about the day but and I would say in the afternoon he I was in the room I think I was making the bed and he walked up to me and he said just so you know Rachel's never allowed in this house ever again and I said well that's going to be a problem and I like looked him dead in the eyes and he didn't say anything he just walked away and I was like yeah that's going to be a problem so <laughs> and that was it that was all that was said about that we're gonna be posting that email on our page for sure.
0: Yes. We will definitely be putting that everywhere for everyone. Yeah, if to anyone read. needs
1: like a like a draft of how to respond to something, just copy and paste this. Put your information in there. <laughs> yeah, just change out the exactly. names. God, that is too good.
0: Did you tell Kayla that watching her in her own abusive relationship had inspired you to leave your boyfriend?
2: I remember calling Kayla and telling her, "I'm leaving him. I'm actually doing it." And she, and she's like, "Good. Like, we're going to do this." And she's like, "You need a plan, April. Like, you can't just say this. Like, this is getting really bad." You know, towards the end of the conversation, I said, "You know what, Kayla? Um, I'm honestly leaving him because of you and your relationship. Because I saw you take Mr. One of you back so quickly. I don't want to do that anymore because that's what I've been doing. And she got so defensive. You don't know what you're talking about, April. Like, your relationship is toxic, mine's not hangs up the phone, like, hung up on me. And, like, my jaw is on the floor. Like, what? Like, this is the same person that just sent me a picture of, like, her scratched-up arm holes in the wall just, like, a few days ago. And so I was like, okay, that gives me even more confirmation of what I'm doing. And um, I remember she... She told us some private things about him that, you know, weren't necessarily legal and how she, you know, had all this proof. Like what? Like with the business? Yes. And just, you know, some bad things about him that clearly were not acceptable. And I, I call her one day drinking. I'm drinking, so that's when I <laughs> when I decide to call her and I go. I was so mad. I remember it because me and my boyfriend at the time. Because I mean, I was I already told him I was leaving, and I was like packing, and he accepted it, <laughs> thank God. But um, we were talking about her, and he said, "Well, what about all that proof she had?" And I was like, "You know, you're right. I didn't even ask her about that because she hung up on me." So I pick up the phone annoyed and I go you know what Kayla if you say that everything that you said was a lie like what happened to all this proof that you had and she goes April I'm not talking about this I made it up goodbye and she said she made all of that up and I was like no because I knew all that was going on before she even told me this is just the type of guy he is like he, he wants to get his way. And when he doesn't, he's going to just threaten you and try and ruin your life. And that's what women always go through with these relationships is you finally get the courage to leave. And then they just scare you out of that decision.
1: Right after that, March, I think everyone probably in the world knows that coronavirus hit, COVID hit. I was supposed to go on a trip to Oklahoma City in the middle of March and that got canceled. And yeah, that was a very strange time. I mean, obviously the world closing down. I remember going to the grocery stores with going to get masks and getting our gloves, going to the grocery store and we we're I was just kind of like, what is happening in the world so that's when all of this you know started coming coming into play and I' didn't really know how serious it was at the beginning but we I had to cancel my trip and kind of just like well I can't go anywhere for a while that kind of sucks I would have really liked a break at that time but I stayed put and so yeah I was just really stuck and all I could think about was... I just have to get through April because like I said, I just need him to like make this go away. And he's really the only one that can make it go away by getting on his good side and just making sure he tells, you know, the investigator or whoever's like on this quote unquote case. I don't even know, you know, how much they look looked into it, but um, I was just like, God, I just need him to list say everything's fine and hopefully it goes away. During this time, I was really on my self care tools. I was journaling every day, meditating every day, breath work every day. I mean, this is really whenever I started to come into all of that. I'm going to read uh, a couple of journal entries. This episode is going to be a lot of journal entries because, you know, not a lot happened during this year because of COVID. But during these journal entries, I think you'll get a really good perspective and understanding of kind of what was happening to me mentally, emotionally, like my feelings and everything. And again, looking back on these, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, these are kind of starting to get a lot better. You can tell my mentality was kind of like becoming way more aware. So I'm I'm actually really excited to read these. So I'm going to read March 11th, 2020. My, quote, spiritual awakening, I would say, started in 2018. I slowly but surely realized, thanks to Mr. Wannabe, that I wasn't aware of my feelings or emotions, so I began to be curious about this topic and sort of work on it. The double whammy, I, we, embarked on a massive, hard, starting-an-enterprise path at the same time I'm trying to work on myself and my past, my emotions, my feelings – Every single day, I'm getting hit with strong feelings of worry, anxiety, shame, and guilt. The first year was really hard in doing this and making any progress. I know I was supposed to be learning something through all of this struggle, but trying to grow while going through one of the hardest challenges I've ever faced was hindering my progress. I'm finally awakening to what it was all for. It was never because I was meant to solve all the issues at hand or for those to be fixed or resolved, but to fix myself. So I can become more aware, conscious, mindful of my thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, which I am finally coming into, thank God. I went through a lot, but I feel stronger and stronger every day. Okay, so March 16th, I don't, this is a very strange way of journaling that I did, but again, I'm like a very visual, hands on sort of person, and I have to do things a certain way to comprehend them. And so I wrote this journal entry, and I was doing it from Mr. Wannabe's perspective of how I thought. He was thinking, and then I did it from my perspective. So it looks like almost a script. It's, um, you know, Mr. Wannabe's perspective, my perspective. Like, this is what I thought he was thinking. This is how it starts. I put Mr. Wannabe's perspective Kayla's own personal trauma plus lack of experience and business ventures equals Kayla's unhappiness, lack of support, negativity towards me. I am not at fault. Kayla's reality, unwillingness to work on relationship, put any effort and emotionally together equals Kayla's unhappiness, lack of support toward Mr. Wannabe, both at fault. Mr. Wannabe, Kayla should be completely and totally happy, joyful, passionate because of all the things I want, underlined, to give her and continue to say I will when I can. She should take my word and that should be enough for her happiness towards Me. Me. Mr. Wannabe dangles carrots in front of me for way too long and expects me to have complete and total faith in him that it will someday happen after being strung along for two years, and that should make me completely madly in love with him only by his words and false sense of reality. Mr. Wannabe, I got Kayla a nice big house on the beach. She should be completely satisfied with her life. She should be beaming with joy and happiness towards me. Kayla, Mr. Wannabe did get us a nice house. At the time, we could afford it, but it was not a 100% guarantee we would be able to fulfill the two-year obligation. Mr. Wannabe thinks a house we have been late paying the last two months should equal my happiness. Mr. Wannabe. Kayla can't have fun, goal setting, dream big, have conversations with me, or any conversations at all. Me. Me. We have gotten so far off track that any exciting conversation Mr. Wannabe wants to have is no longer exciting to me. Most of the exciting things we have talked about in the past have not come true. Like he said, they would, I no longer trust any conversations about the future. So obviously this is when I was recognizing all the future faking going on because like every conversation was just like, okay, so yeah, like, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I just wouldn't engage because I was like, I don't care about that right now. Like I care about the current reality that I'm living in, which is not cool. I could just tell that that night, January 24th, obviously was my rock bottom. But that is like the moment that I realized I do not have control. Someone else has complete control over me, my emotions, my finances, my life, my day-to-day, where I go. And like I said, that is a terrifying place to be. No one should be living like that. And that was my oh shit moment. I don't have control. March 21st, 2020 going to talk to my therapist today about the current situation going on with Mr. Wannabe and I. It sucks being in the shelter in place scenario, but this is an opportunity to really work on things. This is going to have to be the most vulnerable I've ever been, but also good practice. We are going to be stuck at the house until April 19th at least. Right now I don't feel safe, which in turn I don't trust, which in turn I don't want to do anything vulnerable or be vulnerable in front of him or with him. Also, apparently my emotional understanding is increasing, but my level of knowing how to communicate or deliver it is still really bad. I feel like I have a lot of built-up animosity for Mr. Wannabe, so much so that it seems to shut me down. Then I sort of explode my feelings out in a bad way. For example, he wanted to talk about the future way ahead, and I don't even feel safe with him now, so I didn't want to talk about the future and ignored the conversation." So he got mad that I never have anything to talk about. I don't want to talk about 10 years down the road when I don't feel safe in the present. How can I feel more safe? Is it just over time and seeing how things pan or play out? I still believe he wants the best for me, but he's always been like that. And he still was unfaithful to me, which led me to not trust him, which now I don't feel like I can give myself to him you know, I'm, I'm journaling every day. I'm coming to all these realizations for whatever reason, this, you know, I'm still like so indecisive and having all these feelings of like, okay, I know this is not right. And I kept having these inklings of like messaging the girl that all this went down with. And I kept, she kept just being on my mind, being on my mind. And she never reached out to me, which, you know, as a woman that was in that situation. I would want to know, you know, I would want if I was that girl doing that. And, you know, if she wasn't in the wrong or whatever, I would tell the girl that I actually personally know, like what was going on, but she never did. And so I just got up the courage and I, I had blocked her on my personal Instagram. Plus, I didn't want her to see a message from me and like ignore it or delete it. So I got on my dog's Instagram (laughs) and I messaged her and this took, it took a lot of courage. I was freaking out when I did this, but I just felt like I needed more answers. I felt like Mr. Wannabe was not going to give me any other answer. He didn't want to talk about it. He just wanted to let it go as usual, because of course he's in the wrong and He's the victim in this, and he didn't want to be at fault for anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna to try to find out more for myself. So I messaged her and this is what it says. Hey, I'm reaching out in hopes that you can clear some things up for me that I need and give me some peace of mind. Woman to woman, I would appreciate full transparency and honesty about what happened between you and Mr. Wannabe. This is not to bring up the past or disrupt your life in your life in any way, but a clarification I need to work through. On my own from this moment on, Mr. Wannabe and I are working on things, but I feel like our new foundation is built on a bed of lies. And that's not a way to have a relationship. The only times he has ever been shady with me is when he was in that city multiple times around the same time. All this communication was going on. Did you guys ever meet up or anything of the sort? I'm not blaming you for anything because who knows what he told you to make it seem okay. Again, I won't bring this up on your end in any way and I don't even think I would be mad at this point, just relieved to know the full truth. Take time to think about it if you need. As a woman, I would want to I would want someone else to know the truth. Thank you.
0: Ooh, that's a really good message. I was like, "Girl, I'm not even mad at this point. <laughs> just be honest.
1: I just like need some more like validation that this dude is insane." She responded, "No, period. I never saw him outside of these events that we were both at. And I never wanted to see him ever. He's insane and a master manipulator. Good luck with him. You're going to need it. That's when I was like, shit. I didn't think she was going to respond after that. I said, okay, well, thank you for that. Can you expand on that a little? Trust me. I know how he can be. I've got a better head on my shoulders. Now I went through a lot of emotional stuff and got sucked in. In a very vulnerable time in my life with him, now I'm a lot farther ahead emotionally. So just wanting any information I can if you think I need it. That's what she said. I'll just put it this way. He's a pathological liar and I don't trust a word he says. He told me he was a billionaire. Laughing emoji. Give me a break. Then would complain saying he's going to have to shut his business down. Then I wouldn't say anything for a few days and all of a sudden he's texting me all this money just showed up. I don't know. I stopped listening. Please do not tell him we spoke. I do not trust him. Someone from your area sent an email to her work saying, I didn't have a degree that I lied about X, Y, and Z. The email address was titled her boyfriend's name at yahoo.com. And it was very malicious. It was to the point my bosses called and was like, who on earth is posing as your boyfriend sending emails like this? He told me a handful of times I was too good for my boyfriend. I was like, dude, I don't know you, but stop prying into my life. The only reason he even talked to me was to was because he thought it would get him on her work. That's it. He's awful. You need to get out. And please don't tell him or my boyfriend, we spoke. Or anything I said, I'm telling you this incompetence and woman to woman, you need to leave. Oh, shit. I mean, that's four months had gone by. Actually, more than that, because all of it started Uh September, October. I mean, by the time he was already saying missing you by November. So clearly they'd had communication after she received the gifts. She never said anything to me. So it's like, that's why I'm. I just don't believe her because if he's really that crazy, and you weren't in any way involved, why would you not be like, "Hey, Kayla, uh, your boyfriend is like trying to talk to me"? You know what I mean? So yeah,
0: that's really weird. And it sounds like her; she obviously didn't tell her boyfriend either because he was pissed about right. all of that as as well
1: yeah for a while, I know I know he didn't know, but I think he he knew way before I did. I think he found that November email like later and that and sent it to me because I do remember he knew about a couple of times he sent her flowers because she had gotten a new job and like something else, so he was sending her like, "Oh, congratulation flowers. Okay, that's so that's not your girlfriend. Yeah, and not tell and then if you don't tell me, like that makes it even more if you're like, hey, I'm gonna send so and so flowers for her new job, and I because I knew her before he did, I'd be like, Okay, let's send them together. But the fact that you have to hide it Yeah, that's very sketch. My heart just sank, and I was like, Okay, another little check mark on my list of all the reasons why I need to get the fuck out of here, but it's still COVID and I still have nowhere to go. Plus this was right like a couple of days before I remember we were at the house and he gets a phone call and I could hear him barely in the other room. And I can tell it was the investigator of my whole ordeal and I could hear what he's saying. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. This is it. This is the day that either like, he's going to convince them that nothing needs to go further or what he says is not going to be good enough. And they're going to be like, well, we're just still going to ask that, you know, we have a court date and all that. So long story, whatever, you know, I think he said, you know, something around the lines of, it was just an overblown fight got way out of hand. I don't want to press charges. I don't think you guys need to look into this anymore. And That was it. And and then I got a voicemail from the investigator saying pretty much the same thing like, you know, we're not going any further with this. You don't need to show up to court. You don't need to have legal representation. And that's when I was like, all right, (laughs) this is my moment. I'm finally like, I have no, nothing holding me back here anymore. Like, that was that legal situation was really just like weighing on me so hard. So, I mean, I obviously I still didn't leave for a while, but you know, like I said, it was just, it was still COVID everything's shut down. You know, people can barely even travel. So it's like, how am I going to move across the country right now? Not knowing what's going on.
0: Oh my gosh. What a relief to get that phone call. And
1: it was such a weight off my shoulders. Like, I feel like I could just finally breathe. I wasn't anticipating that any longer. <sighs> so that went away. And then what's so funny is I remember, I remember it was a Sunday evening and we were watching a show and he could tell my mood was just different because I had already talked to the girl and now I'm free of this legal shit. And Mm -hmm. he was like, what's wrong with you? So I just stopped it and I was, I pretty much broke up with them Like I full on was like, I don't want to be with you. I don't want to do this. He even like pointed out, he was like, oh, it's really convenient how, you know, all that shit just got was a couple of days ago and now you're, you want to leave. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep. I didn't say that, but I mean, I still stayed because of COVID and just tried to, keep, I just really kept working on myself. You know, I was like, I'm stuck. I'm I'm going to make the most of this. So I just dived so deep into my self-care the whole month of May, starting May 1st. I, um, I had put together a whole self-care calendar, like all the tools and practices I had been using, I made a complete blank calendar, like easing people into these tools and practices. Like you started with like a a five-minute meditation and a five-minute journal entry. And then by the time you were done, you know, you had increased to doing 10-minute meditation, journal entries, like affirmations, reading, everything like that. And so, and then I explained the benefits of every single tool and practice. So, you know, I was really really amping up my, my self care. And I think this is kind of probably around the time that you did too. Yeah.
0: I mean, you were reading so many books and everything at the time. And then I was also, I mean, here in London, we were completely shut down for so long. Oh my God. It was like months. Like I was reading my journal this morning. One the page that I flipped to was day 105 of quarantine. (laughs) Like we were in quarantine for so long and I was kind of, you know, losing my mind a bit, just having it just be the two of us in the house. So you were reading a lot of books, you started meditating and doing all this stuff and it was clearly helping you. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to try it. So went ahead and bought some of the same books you had and we were reading them together and discussing them and, um, started journaling and started getting, into meditation i downloaded the headspace app and the Chopra app i started doing to be magnetic and i don't know if when you came in after that but i think i introduced that to you um so we started doing that which is if for everyone listening that is a manifestation i don't even know how how do we describe this, <laughs> Kayla? it's
1: definitely all around manifestation, but it's a lot of just so many workshops. And I remember you just telling me about these workshops. And actually the first thing you sent to me was her free clarity workshop. You sent that to me like way before I even utilized it. And then one day I just went back and I I did it and I really liked it. And yeah, she, you know, to, to be magnetic is just like, God, just... Unblocking, just unblocking so many things from your past, like unblocked child, unblocked money, unblocked boundaries. Like, love, I, I can't even explain
0: it. It's just the most shadow. Oh my gosh, Unblocked shadow is. Whew.
1: God, your shadow self. So man. I know. I've been doing that one again, actually. That <laughs> yeah. God, it's so good, and I mean, it's so therapeutic. And she takes you through these. They're called DIs, deep imaginings, and. They just, I mean, she just makes, takes you to these places. Like I've, I cried multiple times.
0: She puts you in like a, like a hypnosis almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're kind of in this state where you're really deep in your subconscious mind and it's freaking incredible. We're not going to talk too much about it. If you want to check it out, we'll link it in the show notes and try the exercise and everything. And Lacey, if you're listening, Hey girl, we love you. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Around that same time, I was really looking for something to dive into. This was June. I had been in quarantine since March. I mean, I was losing my mind. I had been doing a lot of yoga, so I just decided to get my yoga certification. And luckily, I asked you to do it with me, And you said yes. So we found a school in New York that did an online yoga certification class that took us six months to get, but, it was so good and that is probably the best thing that we did in 2020 and i love that we did it together
1: just so awesome i really enjoyed that i maybe see if you're listening like how i was trying to start doing my own things i was like i just need an identity outside of this you know so i was like i just need my own shit like i just need something that's mine This is a journal entry from May 10th, 2020. So it's Mother's Day. Two years ago, I posted my interview of telling my story, some of it at least. I knew at that point I wanted to start sharing, getting it out. I felt a calling to do so. What I thought at that time was something I was not ready or prepared to do. At that time, I wanted to help people. I thought I was ready just because I knew what I wanted from it, but I was not ready. There was so much more to work on. Little did I know until now. I just had to become more aware and discover my own self before trying to help other people. I mean, how was I going to talk to people if I can't even stop from crying? It's taken me two years to realize this and laugh at myself for thinking I was better. Just because I had slowly started talking and opening up does not mean I was aware. I had not found true inner peace and it's still something I'm working on. But I'm so much farther along than I was. If I had to sum up the last two years of my growth, number one, awareness and acknowledgement that I knew I needed to change and I was the only one that could change myself. Two, but then there was the idea that something else was going to make my life better. This idea of success was going to make me worthy of life. As soon as this gets better, or this takes off, or we accomplish getting into a new house, get a new car, then I'll feel better. But boy, was I wrong. Three, that never happened. And looking back, I'm glad it didn't. The time gave me time to keep working on myself. Had all those things worked out, I never would have sat, be still, be patient. I may have kept going through life, unaware of everything I needed to let go of and surrender to in order for your life to get better, you have to fix yourself from within. It's not, oh my God, if this will just happen, if I can just get this job, if I could just have this house, and that's what I was doing because of this person, because that's all he wanted. So that's what he made it out that I, that would help me and make me happy. And then I was like, I started to feel better and better and better with like, honestly, the less I had, the better I was feeling. The more I knew myself, the more I was aware, the more I was conscious and you know, could let things come up and work on my feelings. Like That's when I started to feel better. Nothing else has ever made me feel better besides that.
0: Was that changing your view on him? I mean, obviously you said you broke up with him in April, but then like, the more work that you were doing, the more unattractive was he becoming...
1: Yeah, definitely becoming more unattractive, but also more of like, okay, everything you want out of life is so stressful. I mean, it's so stressful even just trying to get to that point and, you know, mo' money, mo' problems. You know what I mean? Like it's because (laughs) when you start making money, is not – your problems are not going to go away. So – It started to become this split of like, you want this and I want this now. I don't want what you want anymore. Like You made me think that I needed to have those things for a long time. And I just got codependent on you and started to be like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I do want that. And then I was like two years of so much stress trying to get those things. I was like, I don't want this. This is making me miserable. (laughs) So
0: You just want peace and happiness you don't need you don't need all the extra materialistic shit yeah
1: like where am I currently I have very very little but I'm like so happy so he was like okay you know you want your own thing you want money you want to make your own money you know you're doing your online kind of now you're doing your yoga certification he was like why don't you come work at the business I kind of hesitated because obviously I was trying to get away from that identity and attachment to that. But I was like, okay, well, this will give me an opportunity to make money and save so I can leave. I did go work for the business. I somehow, I don't know what happened. We got maybe a small investment in the midst of all that because I remember during COVID, COVID we didn't have any money and the business didn't have any money. And the only reason we weren't getting kicked out of anywhere we were, you know, the house or the business uh, building was because of the eviction bans. Like no one could be evicted during that time. So unfortunately COVID happened, but also fortunately for us, that was a blessing because we're like, okay, well we'll just get through this. We're still waiting on that money from November 2019 that these people keep stringing us along and Mr. Wannabe keeps believing them. But I think somewhere in there we had gotten like a, a an investment. And so I do remember getting a couple of paychecks. I think I got three or four, um, paychecks and then, you know, the money started to slow down again, started, started to run out again. So, so then everyone was just working but they were on they were going to get back pay like they were going to work and then as soon as more money came in you'd be paid back and that's how it was for a long time. So I started to rack up a really big bill doing this work. I mean I was still working for for them doing doing stuff for them and I was not getting paid. So that was all through June and July, middle of August, middle of August is when we
0: finally got to reunite. (laughs) Oh my God. It had been so long. It had been since I was in California in January when the hotel incident had happened and then I left and this was August. So it had been such a long time and so much shit had happened in the world through that, through covid Um, and just being separated. It was just very, very difficult and very hard. So finally got to meet up in Oklahoma, got to go home and see my family. And you came to stay with my parents. And I went into this trip again. I had an agenda. Oh my God. This was like, I just, every time we were going to hang out, I was so excited, obviously, but I also had to give myself like a pep talk. I'm like, okay, Rachel, You're going to ask her the hard questions and you're going to get down to the bottom of what's going on, and you're not going to be a pushover and you're going to make her talk to you. And I just really was, because I was still pretty mad, like not at you, but just with the situation. I just didn't want you to be there anymore. And obviously, we'd been talking so much. You'd grown so much doing all your self care stuff. You wanted to break up with them. You did break up with them, but you were still there. And I was like, it's time for you to leave. It is time for this to end. Okay. Like I'm over it. You've told me you're not going to pick him over me. I believe it. So it's time baby for you to go. (laughs)
1: Okay. (laughs) That's where I was. That's where I was at mentally. Yeah. That was a glorious reunion. I remember I rented the shittiest car. (laughs) Because I was going to be there for a week and we wanted to go do shit. I rented like a little clown car.
0: It was, what was it? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, it was a Nissan, but it was like one of those you don't even know what the name is because it's like, what even is this car?
0: I don't even know. It had no tent on the windows. Yeah, it was a clown
2: car. <laughs>
1: Get there, and obviously, you're waiting in the driveway for me. I remember you're sitting on a little cooler, you have like snacks, and we just run up to each other and we just cry and cry
0: and cry oh, for so long. I was just hugging you, just like uh, finally, finally, you're we back together and you we were safe. And- that was
1: only like that was only the second time I had been gone that year. So, you know, being in, in this house in COVID. With that, you know, with the situation, so I was so relieved. Um, you know, we had obviously a blast seeing all our friends every single day. We got tattoos. We did. we went and got matching tattoos. <laughs> we got tattoos per usual. I mean, that's the second time
0: we've went and got tattoos. <laughs> I know. Should we get one in San Diego? <laughs> Let's do it, girl. Let's do it. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to yes. think of something. But yeah, I'm down. Let's get Stacey um, in on it too.
1: Yes. I felt so relieved being away. I didn't even want to talk to him. I didn't want, I barely called him. I barely texted him. We barely even communicated. And that is when I knew I was like, I just feel so much better being away from him. And that was just the moment that I knew this. Yeah. I just knew I had to go back. I even extended my trip, I think one or two Mm -hmm. days um, to stay with you,
0: but remember the day that we we took a road trip and we went hiking one Sunday, went to Wichita Mountains, and it was kind of like, I remember it pretty vividly. We were driving up there, and I just remember being like, so... Are you gonna leave him or like what, what's to, happening? Like no, like
1: are you gonna leave him or not?
0: It's <laughs> <I was laughs> just there. like I've had it. I've had yeah. it. With this situation. I'm at my wits' end here. I can't do it anymore. You know, we had really, really good chats. I mean, we always do, but that one was really good
1: towards the end. I think. I think it was decided.
0: I was just worried because you kept saying that you wanted to leave him, and I knew that you wanted to leave him. We'd said that multiple times, but I was just asking you, like, okay, how are you going to do it? Like, where is the follow-through? What is the plan? Let's make a plan right now so we have one in place, and then we need a plan A, B, and C, because I was scared that plan A and B were not going to follow through, so I needed (laughs) you at least to have a plan C. (laughs) So... (laughs) Plan A, obviously, was for you to leave him. And that's what I was hoping for. I just
1: knew I had to go back and do it. I mean, I, I had no plan. I had no plan. I had no money. I had no clue what I was going to do. But mm-hmm. I I just knew I had to jump off that cliff. And I went home and I was just like, "This, I have to pull the trigger on this. I have to strengthen up for myself and for my mental health. This, this cannot go on any longer.
0: In the United States, statistics show women aged 18 to 24 and 25 to 34 generally experience the highest rate of intimate partner violence. That's an average of 24 victims per minute who are subjected to rape, physical violence, and stalking by a partner. That's more than 12 million women and men over the course of a single year. We can see that abusive relationships are very common. The question many people ask when they learn that a woman is suffering from battery and abuse is why doesn't she just leave? But if you are in an abusive relationship or you know someone who has been, then you know that it's not always that simple. Ending a significant relationship is never easy. It's even harder when you've been isolated from your family and friends, psychologically beaten down, financially controlled, and physically threatened. If you're trying to decide whether to stay or leave, you may be feeling confused, uncertain, frightened and torn. Maybe you're still hoping that the situation will change or that you're afraid of how your partner will react if he discovers that you're trying to leave. One moment, you may desperately want to get away, and the next, you may want to hang on to the relationship. Maybe you even blame yourself for the abuse or feel weak and embarrassed because you've stuck around in spite of it. Don't be trapped by confusion, guilt, or self-blame. The only thing that matters is your safety leaving is not going to be easy on average it takes victims seven times to leave before staying away for good exiting the relationship is the most unsafe time for the victim as the abuser senses that they're losing power they will often act in dangerous ways to regain control over the victim every person's situation is unique and you may be unable to leave a situation for a complex combination of reasons If you're contemplating leaving an abusive relationship or struggling in a relationship that you cannot get out of, consider contacting the National Domestic Violence Hotline to speak confidently with an advocate and take a look at their resources online. Call 1-800-799-SAFE or text START to 88788. The chances of you knowing someone who is a victim of domestic abuse is extremely high. Many victims keep their abuse to themselves due to shame and fear. By sharing this podcast, you may help someone who didn't even know needed help. If you're enjoying It Doesn't End Here, please rate five stars and leave a review. And I thank you so much for your support.